I buy Imagine Dragons tickets for my girlfriend as like early uh, Christmas gift. Mm. That's so sweet. Good, uh, sweet. Then we had a fight, you know what she said? She mm. said that the tickets were gift. So she wants to bring her sister. I mean, look on the bright side, you don't have to go see Imagine Dragons. I love Imagine Dragons. Popheads, it's December, that means it's time to celebrate Christmas. Welcome to issue 192 of the TomCast Popcast. My name is, of course, Tom, and I want to thank you so much for listening to this quality, independent pop culture podcast. Please be sure you're following us on the social medias, TomCast Popcast on Twitter and Instagram. Email the show, TomCastPopcast at gmail.com. Make sure you're liking and subscribing on whatever platform it is you listen to. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Pandora, Audible, Amazon, and so many, many more. Thank you for being here. Welcome back. We are, we are, we are delayed. We are so delayed on, on getting the shows out right now. Uh, I'm sure most of you know what's going on. Uh, I have been relocating the TomCast studios in my entire home. So things have been crazy, hectic, unpredictable and uh, difficult to pin down. But if there's one sign that we are meant to do this show today to review the first three episodes of Hawkeye on Disney+, Plus, it is the fact that I'm looking out my window at an entirely purple sky. The clouds, the sun, all of it hitting just right to give this purple aura to, to, the, to the sky out my window right now. And if that's not a sign that we're supposed to be talking about Hawkeye, I don't know what is. Uh, big shout out to Twisted Sister for for uh, providing the music for today's opening that they're not even aware that they did. So thank you to Twisted Sister. Your Christmas album is the delight. Thank you so much. <laughs> That's right. So we're here. We're finally going to talk about those first three episodes of Hawkeye. And I know what you're thinking, but Tom, episode four comes out tomorrow. Yeah, that's true. But what are you going to do? we got to catch up. <laughs> it's all we can do. All we can do is play catch up right now. we got a lot to cover. Uh, a lot happens in, this episode, in these, three, these first three episodes. Uh, I, w- I want to go ahead and give out our, our main cast. Uh, 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 I mean, how do I, how do I best describe the show? I guess we'll, we'll say we'll give all the a lot of the behind the scenes credit to Jonathan Igloff for, for for helping develop and bring this story to the screen. Uh, he's hired. He's brought an incredible uh, crew of directors and writers on board. Uh, I, I think they're doing a bang up job with this show thus far. And they're they're letting the cast really really I think have a lot of fun, particularly Jeremy Renner and uh, Haley Steinfeld, as Clint Barton and Kate Bishop respectively. The cast also includes a uh, Via Farmiga as as Eleanor Bishop, Kate's mother, Tony Dalton, who I think we'll talk more about in the in later in this episode. But he's an actor that I find delightful, and uh, him is his uh, Jack Duchesne, the uh, who we believe will be the swordsman at at, at, at an upcoming point. I'm very intrigued by all this. And then a veritable cast of other uh, wonderful players in the, in the show. But that, those are sort of our main 
four figures thus far. Though, listen, let's be perfectly honest. I think we all know who's going to appear in the show at some point. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, we're just going to say it now. Yes, I totally believe that Florence Pugh will appear on this show as the new Black Widow, Yelena Belova, Natasha's sister. I don't, you know, if that's a, I don't know if that's a fact. It just feels like it's going to happen, right? Uh, if, if it's a fact and I've missed that announcement, by all means, uh, call me a silly, silly man. And that's okay. I don't mind if you do because it's, it's true. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about with this series before we kind of really get into the nitty-gritty of it is – you know, we've, we have, we've talked a little bit in the past about creators' rights and, and how Marvel, you know, we've, I think we've all read the stories if you haven't heard them directly from, from comic book creators. Uh, Marvel Studios, Disney, just making billions of dollars hand over fist, just raking in cash, raking in cash. And, and again, I don't, there's nothing wrong in, inherently with, 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 with profit. I mean, we, we live in a capitalistic society. If you have problems with that, that's you know I, I, you can move i don't <laughs> I, we're not going to be able to upset that apple cart in our lifetimes let's put it that way I don't, I don't think so capitalism is 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 here for the duration of my lifetime at the very least and and so yeah making money making money making money but there there needs to be as we have as we have asserted there needs to be more of a uh, system in place to compensate the creators from which they are lifting so so heavily uh, our primary example in, in recent memory is is when Ed Brubaker, uh, the the insanely gifted and talented comic book writer, uh, one of my personal favorites. I recommend m much of his stuff on on the Patreon episodes, uh, where I talk about him ad nauseum to the Patreons. Uh, he's the man who who and we've talked about him on the podcast too, so it, the name should be familiar to anybody. Uh, he, but he's largely responsible with with the help of, of artist Steve Epstein for bringing Bucky back to life and, and creating the Winter Soldier. So. Yes, Ed did not create Bucky, but he created the Winter Soldier persona that Bucky inhabited. Uh, and, and Marvel uh, threw pennies at them. Marvel slash Disney threw pennies at them as, as compensation for, for, for bringing this character to the, to, to the silver screen and, and um, catapulting him to a new level of fandom, of, 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 of uh, not fandom, but of success, of monetary success for the company. In, 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 in many different markets, right? Uh, so that, that story is very public. Ed, talk, Ed talked about that um, at, at the beginning of the year when the Falcon Winter Soldier series was starting and his sort of uh, conflictedness about, about watching it uh, because uh, he developed a friendship with Sebastian Stan, the actor who played the Winter Soldier, but to see something that he was so intimately involved in, in bringing to life and, and knowing that he's not being compensated in any way for his efforts... Uh, is, is upsetting to the man, and I understand that completely. So I bring this up because the Hawkeye series, again, Jonathan Igla brings this series to life, but he pulls so heavily, so many elements from the Matt Fraction, David Aja run of the Hawkeye book. The, I mean, that there's a Hawkeye book. It's about 25-ish, 6-ish issues long by Fraction Aja, the entire thing, and it's, it is basically this show. It is the team-up of Clint Barton, and Kate Bishop, the tracksuit mafia, Pizza Dog, all of these elements are in play in that book, and and not only, not only is that story being very being heavily referenced and influenced in in the series, but go look at the poster art, go look at the font they're using for the series, uh, all the all the all the design elements that are being incorporated into the into the end credits, 
very much inspired by David Aja's artwork. Aja Aha. I can't. I don't know for sure. When I say Aha, I just think of the band from the '80s. So I say Aja. <laughs> but then I want. Then I say. Then I think of uh, Faja from Austin Powers Goldmember. So I'm on a slippery slope here, folks. I don't know what else to tell you. But David Aja is a phenomenal artist, and his graphics, graphic design work, is is very heavily in play in this series, on this Disney Plus series. So I I hope to God that 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 Marvel and Disney, and they don't have to come out and say this. You know, it, it, it's their business. But I hope that David Aja and Matt Fraction are being taken care of, are being compensated for for something that is very much inspired, has inspired the series that Disney Plus is now, I would assume, raking in millions and trillions of dollars for. So I, I wanted to kind of say that first and foremost because that was one of the first things I noticed when the trailers dropped was was sort of like the, the heavy visual influence that David Aja had on the series. And then obviously the, the team up of, of Kate Bishop and Clint Barton Again, drawn so much from that series, and, and and so well done, and they're doing it just as well in this series, even though the characters are slightly different iterations than than what we know from the movies. From the movie, the movie versions of, of Kate and and Clint are different than the comic versions of them, bits and pieces here and there. Uh, one of the things we'll talk about in in, the, in this episode is is some of those differences here, because let's just put it out there right now, Kate Bishop became Hawkeye when Clint was dead in the comic books. Clint was dead. They blown him up. They blowed him up real good, and uh, and there was no Hawkeye for for a little bit stretch of time. And Kate Bishop stepped up to fill that role as the new Hawkeye, and then eventually Hawkeye came back, and and as is done by comic book characters left and right. Then they put these two together in a in a book. Why not? Let's have fun with it. And it's a fun, great comic book. I highly recommend checking it out. I think I if I haven't posted pictures of it yet, I will very very soon. Uh, because yeah, if you're if you're digging the show, I, dare, I recommend the comic book highly. The the tracksuit mafia, pizza dog, the whole thing. It's just it's all right there, and it's all so so well done. And and again, I like this series a lot. I just want to put a little bit of a spotlight on the comic book that is so so obviously heavily influenced its its look and its feel. Now again, the show is its own, and I like that. I like that a lot. And uh, you know, I know, I know. Listen, let, let's let's talk honestly for a minute. For whatever reason, the, the, the maybe is a little bit beyond me, Jeremy Renner kind of gets shit on for being Hawkeye. Hawkeye kind of gets shit on as a character in the films. I mean, again, you can make the argument that Hawkeye should have been the one to make the sacrifice in Infinity War. And I, I actually am okay with that. I think that's a fine argument to make, uh, with the exception of I think they didn't because they knew they wanted to do this Hawkeye show at some point. <laughs> so you can make that argument that it's totally there. But I kind of like Clint as like the one character in the Avengers um, who has this whole other life that's a, a secret life. He's like the only character that seems to have like a quote-unquote secret identity, if you will, and, and tries to maintain this balance of, yes, I'm doing these crazy things with these ultra-super-powerful godlike beings, and I'm just a guy who shoots a bow and arrow, but I'm, I'm in the mix and I'm doing things, and I'm, I'm keeping the world safe and I'm protecting my family. And then he has his family life in which he's a very different person when he's with them. You know, he's he's the doting father. He's he pays attention to them. He has an invested in his time with them. So I like that for that character. It 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 works really really well. And I think Renner brings some fun stuff to it. I think Jeremy Renner is a really solid actor. And I think people kind of shit on him because he's the normal guy in the movie, in the universe, and whatnot. And you, again, another knock I've heard on Renner is that oh, he's just playing Jeremy Renner. 
okay, fine. You can cop to that, but you have to cop to the fact that Robert Downey Jr. is just playing Robert Downey Jr. in Iron Man. If you're willing to say that, then I'll, I'll, then I'll, you and I got no problems. We're A-OK. But if you're not Jeremy Renner for being Jeremy Renner, you got you to gotta say the thing, same thing about RDJ. That's all I'm going to say about that. I think, I think Renner's doing a nice job. I like his dynamic with Haley Steinfeld. I like the way those characters go back and forth with each other. And I like how their relationship has grown in each episode as they go through more harrowing things with one another. I think the show's off to a really solid start. The three episodes, uh, the third episode in particular, I think is, is outstanding and features uh, probably the best car chase in the Marvel Universe uh, because it's just so good. <laughs> and if you haven't watched it yet, by all means, make sure you do because it is a delight. But yeah, so, so these characters get drawn together because Kate goes to a very, very, uh, her family's in this, involved in security. Her mother is dating a guy. Uh, who has um, connections to the underworld in some sense. We don't know much about him just yet. But they're at this high society event. There's an underground auction. And, and this is what spurs things. Uh, because people are recovering. of uh, the Materials recovered from uh, the Avengers headquarters when it was you know, all blowed up during, during, uh, during, uh, during Endgame, right? Remember? All the Thanos' ship comes out and blows the base up, and the, I guess there's all this Avengers property that's making their way onto, into the black market. Now, that makes a ton of sense, but what it also tells me is that superheroes are not very good at cleaning up their messes, and that is really annoying. <laughs> like, come on, guys. A little bit of civic responsibility here. Pick up your trash. Just pick it up. You can take it to the recycling bin. You can take it to the compost heap. You can take it to the garbage dump. You have a veritable cornucopia of options for your 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 goods i mean there's they just win the day and walk away right i mean that's that's the joke um at the end of uh you know when they're talking about about uh, 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 uh excuse me baron zemo's whole thing in civil war is is they blow up they play they blow up that nation and then they just leave they just go away that's it the battle's over you know you just watch the entire uh, city fall to the sky uh, but uh, stick around for the cleanup that's going too far so you, you see more of that. Like that's still a common thread. Like apparently the heroes have learned nothing from from that incident, and uh, yeah, it's it's so there there trash is everywhere, and <laughs> that's a bummer. And uh, the rodent suit pops up at this black market auction that that Duchesne is involved in, and apparently he's very interested in it because uh, Ronan had a sword, and Duchesne we find out is very into swords because we think he's the swordsman. That seems to make some sense. Now swordsman is an interesting character in the comic books because in comic book world. Uh, Swordsman trained Clint Barton uh, in in many aspects of, of fighting and technique uh, with a blade and many other many other weapons. Will they will they go that route? Will Will Clint Barton see Duchesne and recognize him on this show next episode? I don't know. I guess that's a possibility, right? I mean, they're roughly the same age. You know, uh, uh, Tony Dalton may be playing him a little bit older. Uh, maybe I'm not positive on that. I guess we're gonna have to see what happens if we open up episode four because of the way episode three ended, with with uh, Duchesne pulling a blade on Ronan, or not Ronan, but on Renner, uh, on Hawkeye himself, on Clint Barton, if you will, because there are two Hawkeyes in this show basically. But uh, again, this show very much feels like a mantle passing uh, as as we gear up towards more Young Avengers centric material. Uh, I think by the end of this episode, if Clint lives, I assume he will. But if he doesn't, Again, that that's more of an official passing of the of the mantle, uh, but I, I think at the very end of this, like Clint walks away, he he turns it over to to uh, to Kate, and he's able to go live with his family on the middle of the woods. I mean, he clearly would rather do that 
than being involved in superhero thing. Remember, he's drawn back to New York because he gets invited to that musical, right? These kids want to go see the musical in the city, and they're in New York for the Christmas time. And, and you can see Rogers the Musical, which, gosh, I hope we get to hear most songs in that movie because it did something else. Let me tell you what. That song they played in that first episode is something else. Holy smokes. But I digress. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot going on in, in the series. There's a lot going on as far as setting these things up. But I think the pacing on the shows has been really, really nice, and that's one of the elements that I've really liked thus far the most uh, is that the episodes move. There's a lot going on in them, but they, they, they all move really quickly. Yeah, they, they, excuse me. They, they just move really quickly, and, and they get to the point. It's good action. It's a good balance of action, humor, uh, the plot development. Obviously, we're going to get some more time with Tony Dalton's character. Uh, if you haven't seen Tony Dalton before, or if he just looks familiar to you, if you haven't seen him in Better Call Saul, highly recommend. He is uh, a, a menacing character when he wants to be. Like, that actor can uh, turn on the, the fear factor uh, pretty easily and then and be just be just menacing and intimidating like nobody's business. So I'm, I'm uh, very excited to see what he brings uh, to this role, if he is, in fact, Swordsman, and we get to see him kind of suit up in something later and get into some wild alter- altercations with Clint and Kate. Uh, another great episode or moment from this, I believe it's in the second episode. I, I do apologize if things are a little jumbled in my brain. But Kate knows he's up to something because she found the black market auction going on at that event they were at in the first one. And she believes him to be intimately involved in it. And she forces him to, to fight because he obviously has this obsession with swords. And she's done fencing, so they're going to fence. And he just gives her nothing. Just gives her nothing, and it pisses her off so much. And I thought it was a really, really a wonderful, delightful moment uh, of, of just utter frustration between Kate's character as she's attempting so hard to protect her mother and, and, and expose this person as, as uh, someone with, with uh, ill intentions and, and uh, possibly a criminal connection. Uh, going back to the auction, though, because that's when the tracksuit mafia breaks into the place, they're looking for a watch. And I try to th- I'm trying to think to myself, what watch in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is super, super important? And the only thing I can think of, and again, if this has been, I'm sure this has been discussed on the internet ad nauseum, but I've been a bit busy, so I don't know. But I sort of wondered if maybe it was like the the, the watch that that Tony uses in Iron Man Two that he pull, turns into like a repulsor blast. I don't know. I'm trying to think of more watches. The only time I can think of like watches that do cool shit is James Bond, though. So I, I'm sort of drawing a blank, and I haven't done my homework necessarily on that front. But, again, for the show, I'm along for the ride. Let me have the surprise. I don't need to have the internet deduce it for me. So there, there's my two cents on that. But at this auction, when the Tracksuit Mafia shows up, you know, Kate wants to do something. She wants to intercede, and she puts on the Ronin suit and gets filmed in the Ronin suit doing, doing Ronin things. And, and Ronin has a reputation uh, in, in the neighborhood – or, in the, excuse me, around the world, basically, uh, as, as a murderer, as a, as a super vigilante murderer. And, and so that's the signal that, that Ronin is back. That's what – draws Clint Barton into into her life, into her sort of uh, trajectory, if you will. And, you know, his desire to get the suit back, to kind of clean up some a dark spot in his life, to, he wasn't living his best life. Uh, but Ronan has a connection to the tracksuit mafia, which is what got, has gotten her entangled with them because they think she's the Ronan who probably killed a lot of their members. And, you know, Clint's trying to help clear it up. But again, the things are escalating. The plots are moving forward. And then we get involved with with Maya, a.k.a. Echo, a character from the Daredevil world of comic books. So we're getting to see a little bit of the Daredevil world seep in 
to the Marvel Cinematic Universe through the Hawkeye series, which I'm very excited about because, again, the rumors have been swirling uh, that that Daredevil will be featured in you know, the next Spider-Man movie or there'll be some new version of the Daredevil show for Disney+. Plus. There's been a lot of stuff going around. You know, people are talking to Charlie Cox all the time to see what, what he's going, what, you know, what he thinks is happening, what's going on with it. Is he involved? Blah, 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 blah. Um, and, and again, there's just nothing going on. You know, mom is the word, word at Marvel, right? They, they, they don't let these things out as much as they can. And um, it, it, it's, I think it's for the best. I, you know, I'd like to be surprised. This is why I don't, Try to pursue too many of the internet options, internet rumors, and, and, and sort of those those gossipy websites. Um, I did want to mention uh, Maya Lopez is played by uh, I think it's Alakwa Cox is her name, and she does a fantastic job as that character, uh, sort of like this this deaf crime lord basically, right? And that's why her dichotomy with Matt Murdock is so interesting because of his blindness. So they have this wonderful chemistry and and, and dyna- dynamic relationship with each other because of their. Um, perceived disabilities and, and how it sort of has elevated them as into the people that they are. So a, a wonderful dynamic to to explore with Daredevil if we get to that point, if we get there. And again, we talked about Yelena Belova potentially showing up. Clint obviously still haunted by the death of Black Widow, of Natasha Romanoff, his, his best friend. Uh, so what, what will he think when Yelena shows up? Whose side will she be on? Will she be there with the Contessa, with, with our good friend, the Contessa who seems to be assembling players? For something, is she there to recruit Kate? She there to recruit Clint? You know, there there's a lot to uh, kind of parse out there. Yeah, but I I I also assume that Julia Louis Dreyfus will have a cameo in this as well, as she's been popping up in all these Marvel series, and and uh, well, I guess she wasn't in Loki, but where was she? Now I can't remember. Anyways, I wouldn't be surprised if we got another appearance from her as well in this, as as she again recruits more people to whatever cause, whatever uh, mission she's trying to to uh, handle, I guess is the word I'm going to use there, for whatever purpose, whether nefarious or good intention. I guess we don't know just yet. We're waiting to find out. You know, is it a new Thunderbolts? Is it is it something else? Is, is he going to run like a, a version of the Dark Avengers? Um, again, I don't think they'd call themselves the Dark Avengers, but in the, in the comic books, the Dark Avengers were actually bad guys masquerading as the good guys. You know, like Bullseye was Hawkeye and, and uh, Venom was Spider-Man. You know, it was a whole thing. It was it was a, it was a less subtle version of Thunderbolts, which was like actually bad guys making up new identities as superheroes to masquerade as superheroes. Uh, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. We'll talk about it another time. It's fine. Uh, I I don't think I don't feel like I've mentioned Haley Steinfeld as much on 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 this episode on this breakdown, but but I'm really enjoying her character. I think she brings a lot of fun energy to it. She has this really unique young person's mentality, like that clip we played at the beginning of the show, where she's attempting to engage with the tracksuit mafia guy. And, and, and again, it's just sort of like this, um, I, I don't want to throw the word, I don't think millennials are the right word anymore because I think millennials are all in their 30s now. So whatever the next generation is, um, it, it's just sort of like this more uh, non-aggressive approach to dealing with, uh, with, uh, with conflict resolution, right? So she's attempting to hash out with this guy his relationship problem. I, I, there's something about that that's, I don't know, it just sort of resonates with me. It sort of works uh, because it's just so antithesis of like the tried and true superhero methodology of just punch him in the face. You know, it's, it's very anti-Clint at the same time, which is, is part of the dynamic that I think is so much fun with the series is that uh, for as similar as they are in many ways in regards to like their skill set and, the, and their, their, their sort of determination, their, their relentless determination, uh, very different approaches 
to to achieving goals and, and to to fulfilling whatever uh, mission they might have and and i like that part of it so very very much uh of course pizza dog is fantastic in the show we can't go i mean a, a dog with one eye just so cute and charming and he loves pizza so clearly uh, should be my dog and uh because we have pizza but though i'll be honest i'm not a good sharer so i'm not sure i'd share my pizza <laughs> oh i want that pizza for myself that's my pizza my pizza mine <laughs> So yeah, what's going to happen this week? You know, again, we had the great car chase. I recommend highly watching that again. Some great action stuff has been going on in the show. Good humor, good fun. Uh, the, oh, the car chase, just mwah, mwah, so good. That's a chef's kiss, by the way, on that one. Woo, top notch entertainment on that. So yeah, so what's, we're in, we're in a, a, a crazy place. Uh, the, they've gone back to uh, the the bishop's house. Tony Dalton, Tony Dalton, Duchesne is there, Duquesne, Duquesne, excuse me, Duquesne, Duquesne is there, and um, I think I've been saying Duchesne, it's Duquesne, uh, Duquesne is there waiting, that's how the episode ends, with a nice knight sword across the neck on, on uh, Clint Barton, and we'll either go straight into action, or like will we have like a reunion between two characters that know each other from the past, uh, that'll be the interesting part to see, what will be uh, Duquesne's connection to the tracksuit mafia, how do we continue to deal with that? Uh, and, and, you know, I think one of the elements I want to talk a little bit about on this series thus, that I've liked thus far is uh, that it's it's so much smaller than a lot of the Marvel stuff we've, we've been getting lately. You know, so much of the Marvel stuff is universe expanding and universe broadening and, and, you know, big stakes, big scale, big everything. This is, seems to be much smaller thus far, at least through three episodes, you know. We're dealing with, with uh, like, low-level street street mobsters, right? Like the tracksuit mafia, Maya's character, all very street-level, down down to earth. One of the questions we have to ask ourselves, again, the Daredevil rumors continue to swirl. Um, will we get Wilson Fisk on, in this series? Um, those those rumors, uh, there's been, there's been a, let's, let's put it this way. Uh, <laughs> how, how best to address these Wilson Fisk's notions? Uh, because this all started when, when the actor who plays Wilson Fisk uh, decided to kind of troll Twitter a little bit about how much he loves these Marvel shows and how great they are. And, and uh, you know, it became a whole thing. And it, it captured everyone's imagination, right? Vincent D'Onofrio is trolling Marvel fans on Twitter by saying how much he enjoys Marvel programming. So does that mean that Wilson Fisk is coming? It makes a ton of sense, doesn't it? I mean, Wilson Fisk is back in the fold as far as who owns the rights for what. Would we would we go there? Will we see the Kingpin? Kingpin also has a connection with Echo. I don't know if we'll go that route, but basically Echo is like an adopted daughter of Wilson Fisk. And and you know, there's there's a lot of potential to be uh bringing in the Daredevil world through this show as well. Uh but I also Again, if we don't get the Daredevil, I don't want that to be like an upsetting thing because uh, I, I think Hawkeye as a street-level show works so well as, 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 it, as, as it works extremely well in that capacity. I think that would be a fun avenue to continue to explore these characters with a street-level character. And you, you've made it Hawkeye. You've made it uh, Kate Bishop slash Haley Seinfeld's character. Uh, I, I think that would be a lot of fun too. Um, so... 
if we don't get Daredevil, I don't want again. This can't. I, we don't want this to spin into like one of these Mephisto sort of situations where it's like, oh well, the Hawkeye show sucked because we didn't get Daredevil at the end. That's ridiculous. <laughs> like, watch the show for its own merits, not for what it didn't give you. Okay, let's 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 keep our eyes focused. The show's called Hawkeye. All right, the show is called Hawkeye. Uh, when you have uh, at, at Thanksgiving, I'm pretty sure you call it turkey dinner, right? You don't call it mashed potato dinner, all right? Mashed potatoes are great, but it's not the star of the dish, all right? The turkey is the star of the dish. Hawkeye is the star of this dish because this is who the dish is named after, for God's sake. You know, again, if they if they were to sneak Daredevil in here or, or, or strongly imply Daredevil, great. That's good. But let this show stand on its merits for its, what it is. And what it has given you, not for what it might be teasing you. What's next? We again. I know I've talked about it before on the show. We get too wrapped up in in what's next with Marvel, and we don't really get to enjoy what's in front of us. And that is a shame. It's on Disney Plus right now. Go watch Shang Chi. Shang Chi is so good, and it's right there for you to watch. Just don't worry about Spider Man coming out in two weeks. Okay, it'll be here when it gets here, and then we can worry about it then. Watch what you got now. Be entertained. Be delighted by the performances in Shang-Chi. And the, the performances here on Hawkeye. We're getting Hawkeye every Wednesday. We're having a blast. We're having a blast. And listen, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, I think there's a very real possibility that there could be some sort of Spider-Man crossover kind of thing maybe going on. You know, it's possible that Episode 5 will have some sort of hitch into, into Spider-Man, into, you know, beyond, uh, I don't know, what is it? No Way Home. Yeah, because I think that comes out on the 16th, right? And Marvel has done that in the past, where they'll, they'll sort of like tease a next big movie on one of their TV shows. Now, that was in the days of, of Marvel TV, when they were doing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the stuff on Hulu and things like that. And so they, there was a little bit of that sort of like, pardon the expression, but like, so that's sort of like that backdoor work. I don't know if they'll do that this way, because I don't think Marvel feels they have to do that anymore. You know, they don't have to tease the next big movie. Everyone already knows it's coming, that they're excited for it, and they're ready to go. But again, there's a lot of possibilities here still. There's a lot of things going on. But focus on what you're getting with the show. Just because I said that, don't don't get mad at me if it doesn't happen. <laughs> you're getting a really good show. I think the Hawkeye show has been really, really, really entertaining. It's been a lot of fun. I'm enjoying the heck out of it. I'll probably end up watching the third episode again tonight because I, I enjoyed so much of it. Uh, I always enjoy making fun of Imagine Dragons, which is which is what made this episode uh, aside from the car chase, just so much great, so much greatness because it, it made fun of Imagine Dragons, one of the lamest bands since Creed. I said it, I said it. <laughs> uh, I don't know what else I have to say about these first three episodes other than they are fantastic. Please check them out; they are a lot of fun, a lot of uh, uh, again action, humor. The chemistry, the chemistry is a weird word to use with characters who aren't involved romantically, but the dynamic between Clint and Kate is fun. It has a real mentor mentee relationship to it it's not sexual don't get it twisted um but it, yeah no good positive uh a positive relationship it's it's good stuff it's it's uh you know it, it's sort of a buddy cop thing right like we're kind of doing a buddy cop thing even more so than we got with falcon and winter soldier because that one got a little bit you know as much as i enjoyed falcon and winter soldier it got a little too um it was a little again bigger themes bigger plot bigger world building stuff going on in that episode so like when they do uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier movie with Falcon and Buck or, excuse, can't call him Falcon anymore but with Sam and Buck maybe then you get more of that buddy cop thing with them 
this show you're getting that right now. You're getting you're getting the the Marvel version of Murtron Riggs. <laughs> don't ask me which one's which. I don't know. We'll have to figure that out later. <laughs> All right, I think I think I'm gonna close it out right now because uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna close it out. Uh, the plan is to have episode uh, the fourth episode review of Hawkeye out um, later this week. We'll see how it goes. Things are still up in the air. There's a lot of uh, moving parts going on here at the new. Uh, Tomcast Studios. <laughs> Don't tell my wife I called my new our new home the Tomcast Studios because <laughs> that won't go over well. But yeah, things are things are you know we're there's a lot going on still. The light at the end of the tunnel is sort of visible. I don't have a fixed place for for recording just yet. I'm, I have an impromptu setup here at the dining room right now. Um, I I want to thank my dogs for not barking during the during the recording of this episode thus far, which I'm sure means they'll do it any moment now. Uh, but yeah, we're not in, in a controlled environment like I prefer to be. Uh, but if this is what I have to do for the next few weeks, this is what I have to do for the next few weeks, and we'll see what happens, what shakes loose. And uh, yeah, we're, we're we're don't worry, we're here through Hawkeye, and uh, we'll reevaluate in January. <laughs> you know, we still haven't seen Eternals. Or I haven't seen Eternals, and uh, again, uh, hopeful to see Spider Man, but we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm re- work is really busy this time of year. We'll just have to see. Fingers crossed, but yeah, we'll have to see how it goes. And uh, yeah, so but stay tuned for Hawkeye. We'll be all set there, and uh, hopefully you'll listen to, to Mandovision because we're gearing up. We're getting ready for the Book of Boba Fett, which will be at the end of December, and we're definitely covering that. So don't even worry about that one. All right, uh, let's go ahead and thank the official members of Pophead Nation who have been so extremely patient with me during this move. Uh, you can sh- uh, show the support for the show by heading over to patreoncom podcast. Join the nation and gain access to bonus content. Our current Patreon, thank you to our current Patreons, the Aspinel Chody, the Batman Abejo, Jeff Nail, Jeff Coast, and Ringineer. Check them out. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles, the Squid Master General, Mr. Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil Mark Wegemer, our very own Joker and Harley Quinn, Brian and Krista of Pariah Brewing Company here in San Diego and Baltimore, Maryland, the Beer Hop Burrito General, Jesus Beer Hops, and of course, the Silent Assassin, he who shall not be named. Once again, make sure you're liking, subscribing, and sharing the show with all your friends, family, loved ones, and people who owe you $25. All right? Let's get out of here. Let's close out the show. And you know how we do it. We do it only one way. Ciao, babes. So the Tribe drops its third straight on this trip, 6-1 to one to the Rangers. For the Indians, one run on, let's say, one hit. That's all we got. One goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on the air. Don't worry. Nobody's listening anyway. Great story. Compelling and rich. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year! We're the Stanley Cup champions!